Chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box, the box of chocolates, would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And first off, I'd like to start a rumor. I mean, I heard a rumor the other day that Elvis was seen last week on a fishing boat off the coast of Maine. And that's something I want to discuss this evening because, coincidentally, Elvis Fest is happening in Ypsilanti this weekend. And... Elvis has done a couple of songs about clams. Did you know that? So, it all makes perfect sense. The show has to be about clams. An entire show about Elvis Presley and clams. And did you hear that? That was kind of spooky. Did did you hear that? Uh, I didn't. Did you hear that? I, I hear a voice of Elvis. This is kind of spooky. Meanwhile, moving right along, not to be unnerved or anything. Let me tell you about Elvis Fest, first of all. Elvis Fest will be at Riverside Park in Depot Town, Ipsy, tomorrow and Saturday. Says the website mielvisfest.org. That's right, dot org. Thank you very much. This is not a contest, but a true concert with spectacular performances from the first act to the last act by the best professional Elvis tribute artists in North America. Tribute artists. Don't call them imitators. There will be Elvis stylists from Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and Maine. See, Maine. Not to mention there will be a few moments with folks doing tributes to Richie Valens, Roy Orbison, and Tom Jones. Uh, But speaking of Maine, where that one Elvis hails from, and speaking of water, because Elvis Fest is along the Huron River, because this is Elvis Fest weekend, I want to reiterate, this show is about clams. So let's get started right now. Just clam up and dance to this tune by Mr. Steve Goodman. Ready? Well, I walk up to the mic and then I shake my hip Take a deep breath and put a sneer on my lip See me on the street, you wouldn't know my name But imitating Elvis is my claim to fame So when they put my imitation name in lights Well, I'll be imitation good to rock in the night Cause I'm an Elvis imitator and I just can't stop Imitating Elvis from the bottom of the top Imitate the way he walked, the way he smiled Scarf and make the crowd go wild. Well, imitation Elvis may not be the king, but 
Baby, it's the next best thing. Sang in Viva Las Vegas in the GI Blues. Won't you love me tender in my blue suede shoes? Let me be your teddy bear, cause you're too much. Baby, please surrender, cause I need your touch. Well, if you're feeling lonely, need a place to dwell, come on down to Imitation Heartbreak Hotel. Cause I'm an Elvis imitator, but just can't stop imitating. Oh, all your love, I can imitate the way you want, the way you smile. Oh, and my scarf will make the crowd go wild. Well, 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 imitation Elvis may not be the king, but baby, it's the next best thing. We all rock, rock, imitation. We all rock, rock, imitation. Haircut and my high heel boot Imitating Elvis is the only way That I can make it through my imitation day Oh, this rockin' music can't be denied I was imitating him before he died I'm an Elvis imitator, but just can't stop I'm imitating Elvis from the bottom of the top I'm imitate the way he walk, the way he smile my scarf and make the crowd go wild Well, imitation Elvis may not be the king Baby, it's the next best thing Have a baby Hi, hi, my next best thing Steve Goodman has left the building. That is Steve Goodman. And Elvis imitators, he calls them imitators. I think he's entitled. He's written some great songs he's allowed. That's from his album Artistic Hair on Red Pajamas Records. Perhaps Steve Goodman and Elvis are doing some gigs way up there in the sky. Unless he's on the same fishing boat in Maine with him, that's also a possibility. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's Elvis and Clams today. You should know this, that fried clams have been served since at least 1865, and most likely earlier, as they've been found on an 1865 menu from the Parker House Hotel restaurant in Boston. Legend has it that the modern deep-fried, batter-dipped version was credited to Lawrence Henry Chubby Woodman, (laughs) I wish that was my first name, from Essex, Massachusetts. He's said to have created the first batch on July 3rd, 1916, in his small roadhouse restaurant, now Woodman's of Essex. He used clams, which he collected himself, from the mud flats of the Essex River located close to his home. See the river theme? The river runs through it. Later, Thomas Sofran of Sofran Brothers Clam Company, based in Ipswich, Massachusetts, created clam strips, which are made from the foot of hard-shelled sea clams. He sold those to Howard Johnson's in an exclusive deal, and as the chain expanded, they became popular throughout the country. Food fight time here, folks. Now, Kristen of WCBN, I talked to her about clams and Boston and stuff, because she grew up in Boston now. She said to me she had a boyfriend in high school who liked to get fried clams up north on the North Shore. He said the only ones with the stomachs, the only he said only the ones with the stomachs still attached were good, but she herself thought they were disgusting because they were full of sand. Apparently, without stomachs, they are called clam strips, as we mentioned earlier, and they are poo-pooed as inauthentic. And Kristen directed me to this great comment on the Chowhound website. You clam belly guys are relentless. I've tried the whole bellies twice, and I think they're disgusting. Can't a guy say that his favorite childhood and adult food was Howard Johnson's clam strips and not get corrected or criticized by the belly crowd? The belly crowd. We have no bellies here. Um, 
Kristen also told me that in Massachusetts, this is key, along the North and South Shoahs, I'm doing my best, if you wear your pants rolled up to the knees or you just have short pants below the knees, they are called clam diggers. That is pronounced clam diggers. I mentioned high waters to Kristen, and she said, yes, they had high waters, a.k.a. floods, but clam diggers are higher. Now, that's a food fight I'd like to see, the clam diggers versus the high waters. You know what I'm saying? And maybe they can do that to this song here. We're going to get right into the Elvis clamosity here with, that's a word, Elvis and Clam Bake. Are you ready? Hey, listen, world, you've got to know I'm cutting loose and letting go Who needs the worry and the strife? Life can be a ball, I'll just fall away in my life Clambake, gonna have a clambake Clambake, gonna have a clambake Look for the brightest lights in town that's where you'll find me hanging round I got this feeling to be free I pick and choose the life I want And that's the life for me Clam bake, go have a clam bake Clam bake, go have a clam bake For the brightest lights in town That's where you'll find me hanging around I got this feeling to be free I'll pick and choose the life I want And that's the life for me Clam bake, gonna have clam bake Hey, clam bake, gonna have clam bake Oh, that false ending put my neck out of joint. Clam bake, Elvis Presley, you know. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. We are celebrating Elvis and clams because this weekend is Elvis Fest in Ypsilanti. You can find out all about it at milvisfest.org. And because rumors are going around starting as of about 10 minutes ago that Elvis was seen last week on a fishing boat off the coast of Maine muttering something about clams. Now, you're going to hear another clam song by Elvis in a moment. How many people... We're great enough artists to do two songs about clams. That's what I want to know. I mean, how many? Did you hear that? I think he's haunting the studio. Okay, see, if you're hot and thirsty, I'm kind of hot and thirsty now. Maybe you'd like a bloody Caesar. 
Uh, thank you to WCBN's Pascal for this tip here from his hometown of Calgary, Alberta. What is a bloody Caesar and what does it have to do with clams? Well, it's a cocktail that typically contains vodka, clamato, which is a blend of tomato juice and clam broth, hot sauce and Worcestershire sauce, which is how you pronounce it in Worcestershire. It's served with ice in a large celery salt-rimmed glass, typically garnished with a stalk of celery and a wedge of lime. It was invented in Calgary, Alberta in 1969 by restaurateur Walter Chell to celebrate the opening of a new Italian restaurant. It quickly became a popular mixed drink, and now over 350 million Caesars are consumed each year in Canada by two people. No, that's not there. Chell said his inspiration came from Venice, Italy, from a dish called spaghetti alla vongole, spaghetti with tomato sauce and clams. He figured the mix of clams and tomato sauce would make a good drink. According to Chell's daughter, his Italian ancestry led him to call the drink a Caesar. Then a regular patron at the bar served as the inspiration for the full name. The regular customer, an Englishman who often ordered the drink, said one day, Walter, that's a damn good bloody Caesar. Hence the name, Bloody Caesar. Contests were held across Canada to celebrate the cocktail's 40th anniversary in 2009, encouraging variants that featured Caesars with bacon-infused vodka, okay, and a version with the glass rimmed with Tim Horton's coffee grinds, no thank you, and Caesars, a bloody Caesar with maple syrup, no I'm going to fight that one, but let's get into another food fight. We were fighting the whole, uh, we were talking, getting intimidated by the belly crowd a moment ago with clam feet and clam noses or whatever they are, but let's talk chowder, okay? So there's New England clam chowder, right? That's the milk or cream-based chowder commonly made with potatoes, onion, and clams. Clams. Clam chowder in this style has been around since the mid-18th century. Then there's also Manhattan clam chowder, however. Settle down, settle down. Which has a clear broth plus tomato for red color and flavor. In the 1890s, this chowder was called New York clam chowder and Fulton Fish Market clam chowder. The addition of tomatoes in place of milk was initially the work of Portuguese immigrants in Rhode Island, as tomato based stews were already a traditional part of Portuguese cuisine. However, scornful New Englanders called this modified version Manhattan style clam chowder because In their view, calling someone a New Yorker is an insult. (sighs) Must be the belly crowd again. Not to mention a 1939 bill making tomatoes in clam chowder illegal was introduced in the Maine legislature. Maine again. Elvis, coast of Maine, muttering clams. Remember that? But there's also, let's, let's make peace here, there's also Hatteras clam chowder. What's that? It's served throughout North Carolina's Outer Banks region. This variation of clam chowder has a clear broth, bacon, potatoes, onions, and flour as a thickening agent. It's usually seasoned with copious amounts of white and or black pepper, but occasionally with chopped green onions or even hot pepper sauce. Hatteras clam chowder knocks your hat off. Well, if you were making the traditional New England clam chowder, you would would perhaps need some milk. And I think you might need that milk from, say, a cow. And I think Elvis has got a special song about that, right? Oh, well, I woke up this morning And I looked out the door I can tell that old milk cow By the way she lost Holy fellas, that don't move me Let's get real, real gone for a change Well, I woke up 
some good clam chowder here off the coast of Maine, you know what I'm saying? Did I just, what did I just say? This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're celebrating Elvis and clams because the Riverside Park in Depot Town, Ypsilanti, this Friday and Saturday features Elvis Fest, featuring Elvis stylists from Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, Florida, and Maine. Lots of Elvises, LVI, LVI, in Depot Town this weekend. He did Two songs about clams. One of them, Clam Bake, we heard earlier. I'm going to save the best for last in just a moment. But here's a tip on clams in Michigan for you. Because when you think clams, you think Michigan, right? According to RoadsideAmerica.com, Seashell City has been up in Sheboygan since 1957, before the interstate was built, and has reportedly remained unchanged in all that time. It's a tropical nautical gift shop, something way out of place in a town that's roughly on the same latitude as Montreal and Minneapolis, you think. But fans appreciate a touch of the tropics here in the mitten of the thousands of shells for sale at Seashell City. Thousands of shells for sale at Seashell City. None are local. In fact, none of them are even from America. But the big draw is advertised on attention-grabbing billboards, the man-killing giant clam a crusty white bivalve festooned with plastic seaweed. The owner tells us that she did not name it. It was called that by the Filipinos who sold it. She also points out that it's a man-killer clam, not a man-eating clam. Important distinction. Says, says she, he, she, the clam doesn't eat men. It closes on their feet and then they drown. 
Thus, seashell city is not guilty of sensationalism. It's just telling the truth. The clam, this man-killing giant clam, which is not a man-eating giant clam, sits on a table outside the men's room, which, the owner tells us with a smile, is not accidental. Wow. That is up in Sheboygan. at seashell city. But let's compare that to the Shen or Chen. Let's go to Chinese mythology now. Okay, this... The Chinese mythology has the Shen or Chen, which is a shape-shifting dragon or sea monster believed to create mirages, also called the clam monster. Says writer Edward H. Schaefer, beginning as an unassuming marine invertebrate, the Chen was later imagined as a gaping, pearl-producing clam, possibly to be identified with the giant clams of tropical seas. Finally, by early medieval times, it had become a monster lurking in submarine grottos, and was sometimes endowed with the attributes of a dragon. It expressed its artistic nature by belching up bubbles and frothy clots. Those foamy structures were sometimes worked into buildings. This is getting strange. The plastic exhalations of the clam monster sometimes burst the film of surface tension on the sea and appeared to astonished mariners as stunning mansions adrift on the surface of the deep. Wow. So an important question while we're at this, what does the phrase happy as a clam come from? Especially if you were going to see a mansion on the sea, that'd be a happy moment. It's actually a shortened version of the original phrase, happy as a clam at high tide. Of course it is. And that's where it is least likely to be discovered by predators there on high tide. And Elvis may be least likely to be discovered by predators in a bar where he is now seen drinking a whole bunch of bloody Caesars, which consist of tomato and clams. And Elvis is a little worse for wear, but he handles it well. He's saying something about, I'm left, uh, no, I, I forgot to remember that I'm left, you're right. I don't, wait, do I, rem- Here, here's Elvis, here we go. It's something like this, here, here we go. I forgot to remember to forget her I can't seem to get her off my mind I thought I'd never miss her But I found out somehow I think about her Almost all the time The day she went away I made myself a promise That I'd soon forget where But something sure is wrong Cause I'm so blue and lonely I forgot to remember to
she went away I made myself a promise That I'd soon forget we'll ever met Well, but something sure is wrong Cause I'm so blue and lonely Poor Elvis, he forgot to remember to forget. Thank you very much. Poor guy. But good news is you can see many Elvi at the Elvis Fest this weekend in Depot Town. We're talking about Elvis and clams because how many other great artists have done two songs about clams? We heard Clam Bake earlier. The best is yet to come, but in the meantime... Some Elvis science news. This is very exciting. This is from TheExaminer.com out of Cincinnati. This headline today from Joanne Scheffler of TheExaminer.com. Elvis DNA used on mice. A man by the name of Kobe Barhad has claimed he has used Elvis Presley's DNA to breed genetically engineered mice. MSN reported that Barhad, a graduate student from Britain's Royal College of Art, stated that he purchased a sample of Elvis Presley's hair off of eBay, had a biolab sequence Presley's DNA, and then had another lab produce the mice with the king's genetic makeup. Kobe Barhad also went as far as to concoct his own string of experiences so the mice could mimic Elvis Presley's life. The experimental mimicking of Elvis' life even includes subjecting the mice to a mirror to inflate their sense of self-importance. <clears throat> so Wired.co.uk reported more te- details to the story, saying that the aim of Kobe Barhead's project, All I Am, is to explore a range of philosophical and ethical issues. The site explains that the experiment only required the help of three online services, eBay, for the sample of Elvis's hair for $22, Genetrack Biolabs, which sequenced the DNA from the hair sample, and Ingenious Targeting Laboratory, who produced the transgenic cloned mice with specifically tailored genetics to order. End result is what Kobe Barhard claims to be an Elvis mouse model. He then studied a number of experiments that have been conducted on mice over the past 100 years before creating some custom-built cages for the DNA cloned mice to live in in hopes they would simulate key parts of the king's life. For example, to model the close-knit relationship that Elvis experienced with his mother, the mouse was given a companion in one cage that is kept in darkness to simulate Elvis's childhood poverty. A second cage contains a distorted mirror to give the mouse a sense of false self-importance to represent the effects of fame. A third cage the mouse is placed in, awarded with food and toys at every turn that is supposed to represent unease, like Graceland. And the fourth cage has a treadmill where Elvis' mouse works itself to the point it falls off, symbolizing death, of course. Barhard told Wired that he has always been fascinated with humanity's eternal need to quantify and define life. Well, there we are. Let's end on that with the ultimate defined life, Elvis, who has never died and is in fact off a boat, off the main coast, fishing for clams, singing this song. Time is up, but coming up at 7, our will help you to face the music that is just a moment. Elvis Fest is this weekend in Depot Town. You can find out all about it at on the web. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Ready now for the ultimate Elvis clam song. There are only two. This is the ultimate of the two. It goes something like this. Thank you for listening. Keep listening.
everybody gather around and listen to that bongo sound. Grab the first one in your reach. Now we're gonna shake the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the clam, do the clam. Grab your barefoot baby by the hand. Turn and tease, hug and squeeze. Take right in and do the clam. You can't get your heart to spin. all night well let's work up an appetite do the clam do the clam we'll grab your barefoot baby by the hand turn and tease hug and squeeze dig right in and do the clam Broadcasting WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz, where the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, broadcasting from the University of Michigan, student run experimental experiential radio with lots of community involvement. Thank you, Mike Perini, for Elvis Presley and Do the Clam. Right now, it's time for Louis Armstrong's Hot Five in 1925. Yes, I'm in the barrel. <laughs> 